You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. All right, we appreciate that beautiful song. If I was in my car listening to that, I would hit rewind. I would. I'd listen to it again. Amen. Have your Bibles tonight, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. What a joy to be here at Gethsemane Baptist Church with Pastor Reynolds. I've really enjoyed being here. You have a wonderful spirit in your church and good crowd Monday night, a good crowd tonight, the weather and all that's taking place. I felt right at home at where I was at there in the hotel. It started raining and, man, it felt like it was cold. And Then a little bit later, the sun came out. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Then a little bit later, it started raining again. I thought, well, I feel right at home, okay. And, uh, man, we're glad you're here tonight. Appreciate the nice room, the uh, terrific meals, the basket. I don't know where those brownies came from in that basket, but they will hurt you. They will hurt you. Them things are really good, man. It's hard to stop. And I appreciate everything. Hebrews chapter 12, what a joy to be here. I'm excited. Not what God has done but what God is going to do here at this church. And I mean that. It's exciting to see just the group of people that is here. And God has given your young pastor with a vision. You got plenty of facilities here. Looks like to me you have more people in your city than I have in my state. We have less than 3 million in our whole state of Mississippi. We have 250,000 on all the Gulf Coast, okay? And, uh, man, I would just go hog wild knocking doors here, amen. I have knocked some of the same doors probably 10 to 15 times. And uh, here, you just kind of never run out of people. And uh, so praise the Lord for a good harvest field here, okay? So hopefully one day this place will be just totally filled. Wouldn't that be exciting? And uh, so Hebrews 12, if you're there tonight, why don't we stand if you're able. I you, appreciate you being patient with me as I read. This message probably may seem like a, a little different. It's going to probably, it really isn't a, it will have elements of revival to it, but it's not really a, a, a revival message per se. Uh, but as the preacher was saying, I am a pastor. That, you got to realize that's really all I've ever done. I, uh, I surrendered to preach when I was uh, just turned 22. Preached that morning. Preacher said, you preach tonight. And so I was pastoring that Wednesday. That's true. That's, that's how it was. Surrendered that morning, preached that night, and I was pastoring that Wednesday night. I don't recommend that, okay? And, but that's how the Lord worked it for me. So nearly 40 years of my life, that's all I've done is been a pastor. And here's one thing I know about pastoring a church. If you could keep all the people I started with, we would need 10 buildings. We've had big days. Of, we've broken 1,000 before. I mean, we've had days of 800, 700. We've had some great days, and, you know, uh, and if you could just have all the people that you, you know, that you had, that you started with. I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about people that's moved or, or that's, that's died. I'm just talking about people that, that got out of church. And so we don't want to just bring in new people and, you know, see people get saved and grow and get baptized. We want to see that. You know, that's really what it's all about. But we want to see people stay. I love it when somebody from the church here has come up to me and said, I've been here for 30 years. 
You know, I've been here for 25 years. You know, I got people in my church that's been there for nearly 38 years, as long as I have, okay? My mom is one of them, and my wife, all right? And, and my brother-in-law, uh, lacking three months. And so I've got several people that's been there 30 and 25 years. So tonight's message is geared to help you to stay with it. Okay, that's really what tonight's message is geared because people get their feelings hurt in church. People get offended, uh, you know, have a baby shower, you know. Nobody came to mind. A lot of people went to hers and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, and those things are real and happen. I went to the hospital. Nobody from that church showed up. Nobody visited me. Well, it will help us if we know you're there. Okay, we have to know you're there if we're going to visit you, okay? Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, verse 1, wherefore, seeing we also are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. Now watch this. And, and I know, again, this text has been used so much. And let us, what is the word? And let us run with what? With patience. Now watch this. The what? The race that is set before us. Notice the phrase, the race that is set before us. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to turn to any other passage for you to buy into what I'm about to say because it's right there in, the, in our text. But but the Bible lackings the Christian life to run in a race, right? You, you saw it right there, run the race. But go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to come back. We're going to preach out of Hebrews 12 there. Just jot over really quick and uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and look at verse 24. The Bible says, know ye not, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run in a what? In a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run. You see the terminology that he's using? He's lacking the Christian life to a race. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now watch verse 26. I, this is Paul talking, he says, I therefore so what? So run, not as uncertainly. So there again, another verse, another text where, where uh, God's word lackens the Christian life to running a race. You don't have to turn, but in Galatians 5, verse 7, he says to the uh, church at Galatia, he says, you did run well. Who did hinder you? You did run run well. So there's several places in the Bible that we see that, uh, that God's word lackens the Christian life to running a race. So tonight, I'm just going to talk to you, preach to you about how to stay in the race. How to stay in the race. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. God, I'm excited about this church. What I sense, Lord, what I see, the spirit of it, Lord, they just everything is here just for, uh, Lord, for reaching, uh, Lord, this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But God, we have an enemy. God is always taking people out, always working behind the scenes. People get offended. People get hurt. Uh, people get in the sin. And lots of things happen, and people wind up, uh, Lord, not in the race. 
Lord, so I pray tonight that you would help me to help these dear folks, even to myself. Lord, I'm not done yet with my race. And so, Lord, I want to stay in and I want to finish right. So, Father, I love you tonight. I pray you'd help us. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Appreciate your patience. I just want to give you four quick statements. And then we've got to jump right into the message tonight. Statement number one, there are those who think they are in the race, but they're not in the race. I, I uh, alert to this quickly with the men uh, at the, uh, at the uh, dinner we had uh, there on Saturday night. I, I used this verse, and in Matthew chapter 7, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. These were not people who were in the race and got out and lost it. No, they were never in it. Now, they thought they were in it, okay? But they were not in the race. Group number two, those who used to be in the race but have gotten out. Now, if that's the case, now, it could be there's a few that... You know, your body's here, but you kind of already checked out, okay? And, and there may be some here tonight, but, but a lot of those that have gotten out of the race, the majority of those are not probably here on a Tuesday night. And uh, I think about the verse, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So Demas was in the race, and he got out. He didn't lose his salvation. I'm talking about he's no longer uh, serving and involved in the work of God. And then there, there are those who are saved but have really never plugged in and got into the race, okay? I mean, they are saved, and, uh, but they just never really have uh, gotten involved. And, and if that's you tonight, uh, I, I would pray, man, that you would get involved and, and you would go to the pastor and say, look, I, I just don't want to come and, and be in the bleachers and, you know, and root for the people that are running the race, but I want to be one of those runners, I want to engage and I want to get involved. So those are three different groups, but I'm not going to preach to none of those groups tonight. I want to preach to group number four. It's those who are in the race, those who are serving and those who are, uh, are involved and, and those who are growing and they're excited and, you know, they're, they're saved, they love the Lord. And, and uh, I mean, they, right, tonight, as far as the message, they, they have no intent probably uh, of getting out of the race. But I just, I want to speak to that group tonight. You know, we, a lot of times we miss that group. You know, we're always trying to get people, you know, get right with God and all. And we need that. And that's what revival's about. But I want to speak to that number, group number four. Those who are in the race. How to stay in the race. If you look back here quickly at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number one, there is a chapter before chapter 12, okay? It's not a trick trick uh, uh, question, but uh, there's a number that comes before 12, and that is what? 11. So there is a chapter 11 before chapter 12. Aren't we learning the Bible tonight? Okay, man, we're, I'm, a really, I'm really deep in my preaching, okay? So there's a chapter 11 before 12. Now, I know you know this. In chapter 11, what is that chapter all about? 
It's about faith, amen? It's about faith. He says, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, uh, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Saul. And uh, may I remind you tonight in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You may please God without personality. You may uh, please God uh, without riches. You may please God without uh, a lot of education. You may please God without a big house. You may please God without a big banking account. But you cannot please God without faith. The Bible says it is impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. We understand tonight, here on a Tuesday night, that we are saved by faith. Can I get some help there? We understand that it's not by our works, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest uh, any man should boast. But ladies and gentlemen, not only do we uh, get saved by faith, but we live the Christian life by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The Bible says what is not of faith is sin. The Bible says above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, and verse 24 by faith we stand Did you hear that by faith we stand you don't live the Christian life by your feelings you don't live the Christian life by a sign the Bible says a wicked adulterous generation seeketh after a sign ladies and gentlemen you, you live the Christian life by faith by faith if you're going to stay in the race you're gonna have to trust God Problems come, troubles come, things happen, don't make any sense. Whatever it might be, you have to trust God. The Bible says it this way, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. If you're going to stay in the race, you're going to have to run by faith. After I started preaching, probably about a year and a half, maybe, maybe that long, maybe a little longer, somewhere between maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. As a very young pastor, absolutely no experience, I was started really struggling. I mean, I was struggling big time when it comes to the ministry. I, was, I, I got very discouraged, and I was contemplating getting out. I, I was, God, I don't know what I'm doing, and, uh, you know, it's just ain't going well. And uh, I was just really just having lots of just uh, spiritual problems just with doubt and just, uh, just I mean, it just the, the fight was on. And, and I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I was reading my Bible. You know, it's a good thing to read your Bible. And, and I was reading my Bible. This, God gave me this verse about 36 years ago, and it, it, it changed my life. From that day to, to tonight, this verse absolutely has helped me personally to stay in the race. Okay? It's in Colossians, the book of Colossians. If you just want to turn there and see it, Colossians chapter 2. And I, re, I remember, we were still in the storefront, okay? And uh, I, I remember reading my Bible when I came across this verse. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And man, I saw that and the Holy Spirit tucked that and spoke to my heart. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, son, the, the, the same way you got saved is the same way you lived the Christian life. As ye have therefore received him. How did you receive him? I received him by faith. 
So how are you going to live for me? You're going to live for me by faith. And I am telling you that that helped me in my Christian life to stop being up and down. A lot of people, you know, one day, you never know what mood they're going to be. They're up and down. They're up and down. My friend, you, if you live by faith, you can stay up more than you do down. If you live by your feelings, you're always going to be up and down. If you're always looking for a sign, you're going to be up and down. But we're to live the Christian life by faith. As ye have therefore received him, so walk ye in him. You live the Christian life the same way you got saved. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is by faith. You see that? Go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Number one, you must run by faith. Look at verse number 1, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Number 1, you must run by faith quickly tonight. You must remember somebody is watching you. The Bible says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, the setting is like you're in a stadium. You are compassed about with a great crowd of witnesses. And, and the debate has been, and people have wondered, you know, who, is, who are these people that are watching us run the race? Some people say that chapter 12 and verse 1 is referring back to those that he just talked about in chapter 11. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if chapter 12 and verse 1, is he referring to those that he just talked about in chapter 11? Perhaps, but I would not be dogmatic about that. Uh, is he talking about our loved ones that have died and, and, and went on to heaven and, and, and now in heaven they're looking down and they're watching us run the race? I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't enter that debate. I, I am not sure what people know in heaven about what's going on here tonight. I, I'm not sure, but I do believe this. I really firmly believe that people in heaven know when people get saved here. Because the, the, the names are recorded in the book of life. And the Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angels. Now, some people say that is God. But I believe it's the saints of God that are in heaven that rejoice when somebody gets saved down here. I, I really believe that's the case. But I, I'm not going to debate with you tonight uh, about, you know, uh, is, is it talking about those of chapter 11? Is it talking about our loved ones who are already gone to heaven and now they're looking down and they're watching us run the race? Uh, I, I am not sure. But here's what I am sure about. There's somebody watching you. Uh, some of you tonight, you have some family members that are watching you. Uh, some of you have a neighbor that is watching you. Some of you have some co-workers that are watching you. Some of you have new converts that are watching you. Hey, the Bible says no man liveth unto himself or dieth unto himself. Everybody has got somebody watching them. And you need to remember that. The next time the devil comes knocking on your door and try to get you to get out of the race and quit on God, you need to remember that somebody is watching you. You're going to have an influence. When I was in high school, in the 11th, 12th grade, I, I played quarterback. Now, I went to a Christian school, and we had a good size uh, Christian school for a Christian school, and uh, we, we played tackle football in, uh, uh, in, in the 12th grade, and uh, I, I played quarterback, and I remember uh, on a Friday afternoon, we had a game that night, and I can remember washing my 
mom and dad's car, and when I was washing it, my thumbnail got caught on the chrome. And it literally nearly pulled my thumbnail completely off. And so we went to the ball game that night, and you know how you do, you get there early, and you kind of go out there, and you're kind of just going through some plays and just kind of warming up. And so we was doing that. And my coach looked at me. He said, Dan, come here. And I walked over. I had a Band-Aid around my thumb, and it was all blue and ugly, you know. He said, what in the world did you do to your thumb? I said, Coach, I just had a freak accident. I was washing my mom and dad's car. My thumbnail got caught on the chrome, and they just about pulled it off. He said, how are you going to grip a football and throw it with that Band-Aid, because it's, it's slick, how, how are you going to grip a football and throw it with that, with that Band-Aid on it? And I took it off, and I said, what Band-Aid? And I said, Coach, this is my senior year. This is the first time tonight my dad has ever come to watch me do any sports. He's never watched me play basketball. He's never watched me box. He's never watched me play one football game but he's here tonight. And I said, if you don't mind, if you'd let me go ahead and play like I normally do and start, and I said, if I start messing up or doing stuff crazy, just take me out. I said, he said, I'll be watching. If you do, I'm jerking you out. I said, okay. I played all four quarters. I personally made two touchdowns. I'm not, I'm just telling you, I did. I probably played the game of my life. You say, why? Why did you think? Because my dad was watching me. You said, you was trying to impress him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my dad. He was watching. You know somebody's watching you tonight? Man, it ought to affect how you live. It ought to affect whether you stay in the race or get out of the race. You need to remember before you quit church, before you give up that Sunday school class, before you quit soul winning, before you throw in the towel, you need to remember that somebody is watching you. How to stay in the race? Number one, you got to run by faith. Number two, you got to remember that somebody's watching you. Look at chapter 12 quickly. Look down at verse number one. Wherefore, Seeing we also are compressed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, what does it say? Every weight. Every weight. If you're going to run a race, you do not want to be weighed down. You ever heard of Jesse Owen? Jesse Owen was born in Alabama. Jesse Owen went to the Olympics during the time of World War II, right, right at that time when, when Hitler was conquering or trying to conquer all of Europe. And Jesse Owens won several gold medals. Matter of fact, Hitler would not shake his hand. Jesse Owen. Jesse Owen shaved his head. And they said, Jesse, why, why, did you, why did you shave your head? He said, I don't want one hair to slow me down. When you are a runner, you do not run with weights. The Bible says lay aside every weight. Can I get a witness there? Every weight. Now, I'm going to give you three applications of this weight. Number one, you can say a weight, and then I'm going to give you the acronym of what, what the word weight there means. You can say it's something 
that it's not a sin. In other words, it's not a sin, but it's something that really hinders you from serving the Lord. It could be a hobby. A hobby could become a weight. A second job could become a weight. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that may not be a sin, but it really hinders you from running the race. Somebody said this word weight means a burden. You know, the Bible says to cast all your care uh, upon him for he careth for you. If you're going to run a race, you want to lay aside every weight. Silas, would you come? I asked Silas, could he help me tonight? And he agreed. And I asked this young man right here, could he help me tonight? And he agreed. Now, the, these fellas, this dear brother here told me that this fellow here, that he's pretty fast. Now, I used to run a lot. And so, if me and him were going to race to that back door, you know, when I say one, two, three, go, we're going to run and touch that and come back, I think most of y'all would say he could outrun me. All right? But I wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bet no money, okay? But he probably can outrun me, okay? But we're going to change this up a little bit. Come here, Silas, if you would, come over here. Come right, you just stand right there. Okay, Silas, come on up. You're going to stand up here? Just get, get right up here. Let me help you. Yeah, just stand up here. Oh, Silas. All right, get on his back. Okay, good, good. Let's walk over here. Now we're going to race. Now who do you think is going to win? Now you're starting to get some hope in me, huh? Are you listening? You know what, you know what changed? He's now weighed down. See, the Bible says lay aside every weight. Let me tell you two things about when you're weighed down. Number one, you can't run as fast and you can't run as long. Did you get that? That's why the Bible says lay aside every weight. Thank you, fellas. You did a good job, okay? Y'all get what I'm saying? Good job, Silas. So for years, if I would preach that, that's how I would preach it. Lay aside every way. Give those burdens to God. And, and, and I'm not saying that application is not there because we are to cast all our care upon him. We are to give those worries and those things that are, 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 are weighing us down. But, you know, I, I was preaching somewhere, I don't know, it was several years ago. I was actually at a Bible college. And I started, I said, I'm going to look at that word await again and just kind of study that word. And so I really just started studying that word a little bit more. And I was surprised. Now, y'all, preacher, check me out on this. Y'all can check me out on this later. You know what that word wait means? It means first. Now, I know that scene, when I first saw it, I thought, that don't make sense to me. But you study that word out. And what he's saying when he says lay aside every weight, he is saying... Lay aside anything that's coming ahead of him. Anything that you're putting first ahead of him. See, the Bible says if any man, Jesus said if you're going to be my disciple, if you hate not your father, mother, sister, brother. You know the verse there in Luke 14. Again, you, you read that and you go, well, the Bible commands me to love my wife as Christ loved the church. So we know that, that, that it means something, but what does that mean? God don't really want, he don't want me to hate my wife, he wants me to love her. 
But he said, if, you know, if any man hate not his father or mother or, 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 or brother or sister, yeah, he cannot be my disciple. Why? But the Lord is telling us tonight that he wants to be first in our lives. You know what's taking so many people out of the race? Is they got these ways, they got these things in their life that's coming ahead of the Lord. You need to lay aside every weight, the Bible says. And then notice he said here, in the sin which do it so what? Easily beset us. That word easily means without difficulty. That word beset means to him in or to entangle. I believe most people have a particular sin in their life that if they're not careful, that sin is easily to beset them. It is easily to trip them up. It, it, it is easy to entangle them. When I got saved as a, as a young Christian, you know what the sin was that really easily tripped me up? It was my music. I really struggled with that, okay? And uh, even to this day, I've been saved for 45 years, preaching for over 38 years, and I still had to guard myself and be careful about that music. I didn't have a problem with growing up. We had a TV, but it was the kind that you had to go outside and you had to turn the antenna. Turn it a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, some of you? And you can get two channels. I mean, who's going to be watching TV, right? But the time you watch, it's a... Who's going to go outside and turn the antenna? Nobody wants to go outside. It's cold. It's raining. So I'm talking about me growing up. TV wasn't a big thing. But music was a big thing. Especially rock and roll music. Can I get some, You know what I'm talking about? But as I begin to grow in the Lord, the Lord dealt with my heart about that music. And if you're not careful, it could be, it could be pride. It could be fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. It could be lust. It could be gossip. It could be unthankfulness. By the way, we're living in one of the most unthankful days I've ever seen in my life. It could be worldliness. It could be doubt. It could be you have a critical spirit. It could be selfishness. It could be stubbornness. Hey, it could be idleness. Hey, it could be unconcerned. Listen to this one. It could be malice. Have you ever studied malice? You know what malice is? Malice is harboring an ill will in your heart towards somebody. It could be malice. And the Bible says to lay aside every weight in the sin which would so easily beset us or entangle us. We need to be cautious tonight to be sure if there's some particular sin in our life that keeps tripping us up. Buddy, we need to get the victory. We need to get some help. And then he said, let us run with what? Run with patience. Look, go back to Hebrews chapter 6 quickly. Look at Hebrews chapter 6 and Look at verse 12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Look at verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. I emphasize at the beginning of this message the importance of faith. But not only is faith important, patience is important. 
Listen, when we think about Abraham and how he had that great faith that, that he was told uh, by God, he was tested by God to offer up Isaac uh, for a, a, a burnt offering. And, and if you read Hebrews 11, that Abraham believed God so strongly. The Bible says in Romans 4, he staggered not in unbelief, but was strong in faith, the Bible says, that he believed that if he would have taken Isaac's life, that God was going to raise him up because God gave him a promise that through his seed, Isaac, that all the world would be blessed. That's how much faith Abraham had. But when we think about Abraham and we think about faith, he was not only a man of faith, he was a man of patience. When God gave Abraham that promise, he was 75 years old. How old was he when Isaac was born? A hundred. So that means for 25 years he waited. He was patient. You know what's killing us today? And I'm just like you. You go through a drive-through, right? You go through a drive-through and we're like blowing the horn. No, I don't do that. But we blow the horn and we're like, it took you 22 seconds. I ain't never coming back here. Right? You know what I'm talking about? We want everything instantly. We want everything instantly. A, a pastor must be patient. A, a church must be patient. And my friend, you got, you got some good things going on around here. But listen to me. My friend, we need to be patient. The Bible says in Romans 12, be patient in tribulation. Tribulations and problems, I preached that in Sunday school. Problems are going to come. Did you know it rains on the just and on the unjust? Do you know when hurricanes come in the south? I don't know about how they do out here in California. But when hurricanes come in the south, they don't just take Christians' houses down. They'll take the lost people's houses, the Christians, the churches, and the bars. It rains on the just and on the unjust. The Bible says here, hey, hey, you have heard of the patience of Job. And you have seen at the end of the Lord, the Bible says you've seen the end there with, with Job, uh, that the Lord was very what, pitiful, very compassionate. And how at the end that, that God blessed Job with, with, with double of everything he lost. But Job was patient. He's held up in James chapter 5 as being Patient in tribulation. Do you know the Bible says to be patient with all men? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. When, when you have new converts and people come into church, be patient with them. Look how long it took you to get where you are. And by the way, I'm still growing and learning too. Be patient with all men. Hey, be patient with the Lord. You know, God does answer prayer. God does work, but sometimes if we're not careful, man, we will pray. And sometimes God does move, and, and God does work. And I mean, instantly. I like to tell you about the time I prayed for a pair of shoes, or one time I prayed for some rocks. I know you would never pray for rocks, but you should have saw our front yard. You'd have been praying for rocks. And God gave me those rocks that day. I, I can tell you stories. Uh, but hey, there's some things I prayed for for years and years and years. You with me tonight? 
Look at Luke very quickly. Look at Luke chapter 18. The gospel of Luke, how to stay in the race. Look at Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. I tell you uh, that he will avenge them speedily. Eleven days when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Though he bear long with them. We got to be patient with God. We got to be patient with all men. Hey, the Bible says to be patient in tribulation. Go back quickly. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. We're preaching tonight on how to stay in the race. I said, number one, you got to run by what? Got to run by faith. I said, number two, you got to remember somebody's watching you. I said, number three, you got to lay aside every weight. I said, number four, you got to deal with that sin that's so easy to beset us. And then he said, let us run with patience. Look at verse 2. Looking unto, what does it say? Looking unto, what does it say? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. Growing up, I used to hear preachers preach, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. You ever heard that? Keep your eyes on Jesus. What happened to Peter? Peter got out of that boat and, and he was walking to go to Jesus and all of a sudden he began to look around and he saw the wind was boisterous and he saw the waves a dashing and, and then we've all preached it. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He, he, he started looking at the waves. He started listening to that wind. How? And then what happened? Peter began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached down, pulled him up, put him back in the boat. You with me? It's a beautiful story, and it's true. But how do you practically, day by day, keep your eyes upon Jesus? Looking unto Jesus. Go to the Gospel of John quickly, chapter number 1. John chapter 1, watch this, I'm about done tonight. Look in John chapter 1, how to stay in the race. Hey, you got to keep looking to Jesus. I'm going to show you how you do that. John 1, 1. In the beginning was what? Was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, what? Not the Word was a God. No, the Word was God. Look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know how you keep your eyes on Jesus? By staying in this book. By staying in this book. You know, Jesus is the theme to every book in the Bible. I challenge my church. I say, look, when you read your Bible, you always want to be looking for Jesus. I can't take you by memory from Genesis to Revelation, you know, that how he's to, uh, each book is, you know, pictures Christ and what he's a type of and a picture of, you know. If you look at the tabernacle, you know, he's the, he's the light, he's the candle, he's the bread. You know, he was the veil that was rent. I mean, but I mean, that is all the way through the Bible. You see Christ looking unto Jesus. What am I saying? You got to stay in God's Word. Another life changer. Another life changer. I, I know I told this story when I was here last. I just started pastoring, maybe, maybe right at one year. The preacher was up there preaching. I was sitting on the front pew. 
And as he was preaching, he kind of walked kind of like I do sometimes. He walked to the side, but he looked at me, and he said, Brother Carr, can you believe there are preachers that are in the ministry that have never read their Bible all the way through? And I sat there like, how could a man claim to be a preacher who's never even read his Bible all the way through? And the Holy Spirit put his arm around me and said, how about you? I had never read my Bible all the way through. And I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invite him back next year. Just for, I hope he does that again, but I'm going to have my Bible all the way read. You know, you ought to be constantly reading through the Word of God. You need to live in this book. You know what the Bible says? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, maybe while we're so easily offended today, we don't love this book the way we should. We need to fall in love with the Word of God. Man should not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Bible says, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hey, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? The Word of God. Hey, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Hey, if you're going to have victory over the devil, you got to get in the book. If you're going to have victory over sin, you got to get in the book. Hey, if you're going to have faith, you got to get in the book. If you're going to grow, you got to get in the book. I tell you, we have time. We're on all of this other stuff that's out there today, and we're not living in the Word of God. And I get a witness there. Go back to Hebrews chapter 12. How to stay in the race. I said, number one, you got to re- run by faith. I said, number two, remember somebody's watching you. Lay aside every weight. The standard is so easy to be set us. Let us run with patience. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look at verse 3. We're finished. For consider him. You see verse 3? Are y'all with me tonight? That word consider there means to fix your mind upon. For consider him that endured such contradiction. That means opposition. Of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You know what I help you stay in the race? It's keeping your mind upon what Christ did for you. You know what an old preacher told me years ago? He said, Brother Carr, the most, the most important two books in your life are to be, number one, the Bible. Then he said, number two, the second most important book are to be your hymn book. He said, man, I'm telling you, he said, Brother Carr, keep a hymn book close to your desk. Can you grab a hymn book with me real quick? Would you grab a hymn book? Would you turn to page 340 in your hymn book? 340. You know the song? 340. 340. Okay. Now sound, you running my sound up there? I'm going to turn it off because I don't want them to hear me. Okay. Don't, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't quit. Okay. 340, I want y'all to help me. Y'all ready? Here we go.
Now, for time's sake, we could keep singing that, and it would not be unusual for me to begin to look out and see tears running down people's face. It wouldn't be unusual where you could just tell the whole spirit in the church just kind of changes. There just comes a sweetness. What, what is happening? There's other songs I'm just demonstrating. Why, why is that song, the old rugged cross, why does it such move our hearts? You know why? Because we're considering, we're fixing our mind upon what he did for us at the cross. We're doing exactly what verse 3 says to do. And when you start singing the old rugged cross and that the Holy Spirit is taking that and ministering to your heart, you're not thinking about quitting on God. You're thinking about serving God. That's why the devil is trying to take our hymn book away from us, ladies and gentlemen. Are y'all with me tonight? I, I'm just saying, hey, these are some wonderful songs in here that move the heart toward God. So, man, you're getting weary? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the crucifixion and about the resurrection. Read about what Christ, if you read, this, read the words to these old hymns that talks about Calvary and the cross, and it will do something to your heart. So how to stay in the race? Listen to me. I want all of you to stay. I want you to be serving God till to the day you die. Number one, you got to run by faith. Number two, you got to remember that, hey, somebody is watching you. We got to be willing to lay aside every weight. And then the sin, they're so easy to be set us. And we got to run with what? We got to run with patience. We got to be patient in tribulations. We got to be patient with other people. We got to be patient with the Lord. And then keep your eyes on Jesus. That's you stay in the Word of God. Amen? And then consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself. Least you be wearied and faint in your minds. I believe He laid it out to us how to stay in the race. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. So many churches.